Welcome to Gain That Tune. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It is Game That Tune back in the house once again. It's your boy, John Harrington here. We got John Regan with us. Say hey. Hey. We got David Fleming. Say hey. Hey. We've got Jesse Moore. Say hey. Hey. And we have a very special guest for tonight's episode. Uh, the uh, One of the co-hosts of the fantastic Paducan Arcade Games podcast, uh, part of the Laser Time Network. We've got Adam, a.k.a. Pass Blaster, so say hey. Hey, what's going on, guys? Oh, man, not a lot. Thanks for being here, man. It's great to have you. Absolutely. Thank you guys for the uh, the invite. Yeah. Now, you know, I, I normally do a big, long intro and explain who we are and how, uh, how the game works, but, you know, we don't really need to do that. We can just skip to the part where we announce the theme for the next episode. That would explain why Adam's here. Uh, you know, <laughs> David, you won last week's episode. What's uh, What's Adam doing here? Um, so the theme for this episode is arcade games, so figured we should bring in an arcade game expert. That's right. Oh, you're putting too much pressure on me, guys. No, that's, see, that's the key, yeah. I want to <laughs> really apply that pressure right at the beginning. you got to live up to this mantle of arcade games expert. Gotcha. Uh, you know, God help you if you don't, man. If you can't answer <laughs> all of our Byzantine ridiculous questions about, like, you know, arcade boards and things, uh, <laughs> frankly, I'm keeping your deposit and you're not coming back. Um, it's, it, yeah, no, so it's, it's well. I mean, I, I could I could be a, I could be a dick and explain the story of we wanted to reach out to an arcade expert. They weren't available, so you know, <laughs> oh. we got it, so totally, totally acceptable. Yeah, Billy man. Mitchell yeah. was busy. Uh, God, you know, see, yeah, that's. Oh that's God, can we please well, get I, Billy Mitchell I, on the show? I do know how to change boards. I don't know if Billy does. Oh, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> Ooh, see, he's calling out Billy on the Shots show. And, you know, not at all, dude. Yeah, Billy's a God. listener. He, he flat out says he doesn't know how to change boards. Yeah. So. Oh, that son of a bitch! Oh man, but yeah. So yeah, we tried getting Billy, and we fell back on Adam. So it's it's great to have you here. Uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's gonna be a great show. We got. Uh, five great games. We got three songs from each game. We're going to try and guess the games based on the songs with a little bit of trivia. Whoever wins plays some bonus tunes, picks a theme for the next episode. And so, yeah, uh, Johnny, I think we just got to get started, man. So uh, do you have uh, quarters, slugs, tokens? What do, you, what do we got to start the show? You son of a bitch. You always come up with a great idea where I could have gotten a quarter sound effect. You know I don't have one pulled I up. Got, I got you guys. Hang on. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. He's got a whole <laughs> roll. So, Johnny, start the show. Game one.
Okay, so a little bit of trivia for this one. Um, the Japan magazine Game Machine listed this uh, in their November 5th, 1933 issue as being the sixth most successful table arcade game of the year. And Electronic Gaming Monthly gave this a perfect 10 out of 10, saying, quote, the game shatters your perception of what a good game should be. Uh, reserving I'm high sorry, praise for its graphics trivia. and Did music. Did you say 1933? Sorry, 1993. <laughs> you might have said 33. Okay. I may have said 33. <laughs> oh, 1993. God, I, I can't read and talk at the same time. <laughs> Perfect 10 out of 10. Shadows your perception of what good, good game should be. Gave high praise for its graphics and music, variety of levels, and the hilarious character animations and cinematics. that abrupt cutoff yeah <laughs> yeah that was kind of it on me i do have, if you need another bit of trivia i can give you some more trivia your call oh say it john let's have it uh this game introduced two new characters in the series um one of which did not appear in the series until 2018 did not reappear i should say until 2018 cool well my answer is wrong I thought you were going to say some names just now, John, and really, really give it away. All right, let's uh, let's see some answers here. See, Jesse's got Sonic the Fighters, 
Uh, David's got Space Harrier, and then John and uh, Adam both have the correct answer of Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> that that junk sounded so oh, Sega. Because- yeah, dude. <laughs> so, so Real Sega. Sega. Oh, my God. This is the game that introduced Mighty the Armadillo, isn't it? And well, Ray. And Ray, the Fly- Ray the Flying Squirrel. Mighty got to reappear Squirrel. in Knuckles Chaotix, where Ray didn't show up until Sonic Mania Plus in 2018. With good uh, reason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you know, who gives See, a fuck what, about Ray? What caught me is that last song sounds very similar to a Space Harrier song. Hmm. Maybe they borrowed it. Uh, but probably made up the same or like similar hardware, so probably that's probably why a lot of that sampling's similar, if not the same. Yeah, Johnny, how much is Sega Sonic the Hedgehog like Space Harrier? Uh, I don't know that off the top of my head. I do know Sega Sonic is on the System 32 board. I don't know what board Space Harrier is on. I think it's a different board, though. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot earlier. Yeah, but they probably have very similar sound uh, chips, right? Because I don't think they really upgraded those for a while. Not a hundred percent on that, but a lot of that, yeah. a lot of like the Sega has like such a you know we, we you know playing Golden Axe things like that. Like Sega had such crunchy sounds that even like the Genesis and Mega Drive, they all had like that more like synthy sound. So it kind of sounds unique. Yeah, completely. It's uh, you know like you said, crunchy, maybe a little tinny. Uh, yeah. And, uh, not in a bad way, though. Tiny no, certainly not. That's the thing. Some people <laughs> could make that chip sing. And, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes you get a... I don't know. A, sometimes you get a Golden Axe. You could say it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the <laughs> thing. I like the melodies in Golden Axe, but the, uh, maybe the instrumentation's a little uh, little tinny, a little crunchy. It's uh, a little bit. A little not bit. so hot. Um, but, yeah, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog... Uh, I only knew that Johnny had picked this because of Johnny's uh, reputation as the Sonic guy. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, what the fuck? Like, seriously, what is the deal? There's a Sonic arcade game. Yep. Well, there's four Sonic arcade games, right? But this is, I believe, one of the, the first one, I think. With a name like um, that, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they were called Sega Sonic for some reason. So there's also the Sega Sonic uh, popcorn machine game and um, Sonic Waku Waku Patrol Car. Uh, which I almost picked that, but that definitely did not come out in the U.S. <laughs> Johnny, you should have picked the popcorn machine. What are we doing here? Why are we talking about this game when we could have been talking about popcorn? <laughs> uh, you know, you could have had trivia involving, like, this is the only game with a flavor select. Like, <laughs> we really could, have been, really could have had something. Yeah. You want Sonic with extra butter? <laughs> exactly. I want Sonic covered in caramel. Uh, <laughs> Stay out of my fan fiction yeah, account. I was going to say, straight out of Johnny's fifth grade diary. I know it's true. Um, <laughs> Are you on DeviantArt? <laughs> <laughs> now, so this is an interesting uh, arcade game. It's, it, Or at least I think it is. I've never <laughs> seen one in the wild. Um, no. But I do, know, I do know it has up to three players, and I think it's played with trackballs, which is an uh, interesting concept. That's correct. Slash, yeah, sounds yeah, like it may be a nightmare. Pretty yeah, sure. <laughs> pretty sure one of our one of our buddies in Jacksonville has one or had one at some point, and it is played with with trackballs. It's a really weird kind of a game. I think I don't know if they're like reproduction boards or I think they I think they just were like short printed or something. It's a very very uncommon, if not rare, arcade game. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's either Tampa or Jacksonville. One of our one of our buddies has one <laughs> or had one. I can't even picture a cabinet housing three trackballs. I don't know why that doesn't like compute so, to me. That think, doesn't think sound good. Think Tekken Five. <laughs> think Tekken Five showcase. Right. Okay. And then rather than like sticks, they're just kind of like spread out. On yeah, the, you just got to really spread them out. Yeah. Because yeah, I'd be throwing bows playing uh, playing some three player trackball games. Yeah, you probably you probably won't see a uh, an arcade one up of this one. I don't think. <laughs> 
it just makes me think they should have more three like multiplayer trackball games. Like there should be something where like everybody simultaneously plays Golden Tee. Uh, <laughs> dude, I'd be. If they made a battle Golden Tee, dude, I'd yes. play that day one. <laughs> hey, shit, that'd be amazing. Super yeah. Smash T. It'd be great. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but so Johnny, this uh, is this just a normal Sonic game, but played in an arcade cabinet with a trackball? Is that what I'm getting? That's uh, that is basically my understanding. It's um, I I don't know. It, it is weird because in a normal Sonic game, you know, you have a time limit. In arcade games, you have time limits, but this is it's different because it's, it's played in an isometric perspective, not like your standard two D Sonic, right? Whoa, okay, so, yeah, that, that's not normal Sonic. What? No. <laughs> so you're running in eight directions, and it's like that's you know it's got the pseudo three D thing going on. Um, and it's got some interesting effects, like when you, say, are in the ice level, you actually have a reflection in the ice. Uh, which, every time I see it, I'm like, oh god, I forgot how, like, arcade games always had, like, cool stuff they could do, right? That, you know, you don't, you didn't see in home consoles for a long time. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, Ray the Flying Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, my, I, I believe all three characters play the same. I don't think there's any benefit to being one over the other. What? Uh, yeah, this is before they came up with the idea of giving the characters abilities, right? So there's no... Fl- Ray the Flying Squirrel can't fly. Mighty Armadillo can't... Um, Armadillo. But, okay, you so know. this so is, like, 93. This-, <laughs> <laughs> this predates, like, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but, like, this doesn't predate Sonic 2. So, like, you know, where's Tails? You know, is one question. And two, they obviously had ideas to give characters abilities. Like, you know... Why can't Ray do a little tail flying or something? And you know, <laughs> why is Mighty an armadillo and not just Knuckles? That's my main question. Like, <laughs> well, you know, d- look at the pictures now. Do Japanese people have armadillos the same way we do here in America? Because that doesn't look like an armadillo. It looks like Sonic with like a, like a greasy haircut. Like <laughs> it's it's weird. It's a pangolin. It might be. Could be. Okay, it could, could be a pangolin. Be. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually kind of I'd- surprised that Sonic has not had a pangolin friend. I don't think he's going to get one after this whole Corona thing. Jeez, those things' reputation are just trashed. You, you know, we can't even talk about pangolins yeah. anymore. But um, yeah, Rouge the Bat's hmm. out of here too. Yes. <laughs> oh man, that you know, if the whole Sonic Adventure Three plot is set off by Rouge giving everybody a virus, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh god, my that's going to be really, uh, really a tough sell after this. Whole Sega, thing. what are you doing? <laughs> Actually, can. Considering Sonic Team and like how they appeal to their base, um, I would not be surprised if the next Sonic Adventure had Rouge the Bat in a nurse's uniform. Ooh, God, that's a good idea. The whole Sonic—it's just you know, Sonic Quarantine Edition. It takes place mostly in a hospital. It's an isometric thing, and Rouge in a nurse's uniform. Um, that's a good idea, man. Yeah, you know, at least as good of an idea as Sonic Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, what I mean. This this definitely came from a, that time. Like there was a period where Sega's divisions were definitely not talking to each other, right? Because he had a right. uh, he had Sonic CD come out around the same time as Sonic Two, or just before Sonic Two, and you could tell that they all started from the same memo, but then never talked to each other again throughout the <laughs> development, right? Um, you know, it's like, oh yeah, let's have a game with, um, you know, we're gonna have a spin dash. Okay, you know, they both have a spin dash, but man, are they different? <laughs> you know, right? Um, and then, yeah, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog was made by the Sega AM3 team, and I I think they just were doing their own thing, really. Yeah, they said, uh, how about, you know, you know what game's great? Marble Madness. You know, Sonic, <laughs> he, he can kind of resemble a marble. Let's just rip that off and try and do our own thing with that. Uh, you know? You know? Like a living you Marble that, Madness. 
you say that, I'm looking at uh, Ray again, and I'm thinking maybe Ray was supposed to be a living marble, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, there, you know, Ray does not feel fully fleshed out based on the, uh, <laughs> the images that they have from this uh, this arcade game. Like, it's, it, you know, yellow, round. Yeah, you know, he's got a thumb. That's that's you know, that's as far as we're taking Ray through the R and D phase. But um. I don't know, man. It seems yeah. like it could be vaguely fun, but I don't know how, like, you know, you can't, like, re-release this now, because how the fuck would you make a game, like, how would you replicate the trackballs? <laughs> like, right. You know. Yeah, you would have to put out, like, Sega has that little mini arcade cabinet thing coming out. You'd have to make one with a track, like, just of all your trackball games, maybe. Right? So maybe you could have a combo, like, Sega Sonic Golden Tee cabinet. Right. Um, and I think Centipede, you, 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 it would definitely be a cross-developer situation, because I think Centipede is a trackball. Yep. Yeah, no, somebody... I was going to say, I remember there was, a like, an arcade re-release for the DS that included a bunch of trackball games, because you could use oh. the touchscreen, but it didn't quite work as well as having an <laughs> actual trackball. Right. Sure. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could probably play it with like a mouse. I mean, it wouldn't be the same, but like just move it kind of the direction you want to go. Because I think you're just basically like mashing the trackball to make him go like whatever direction. Just, just honestly, like Marble Madness, you're kind of just you like to stop at certain times. And right. Stuff falls. And yeah, I think I don't. I don't remember. If there, I don't think there's a button to jump. I can't remember playing it, but like there's stuff you got to jump over and kind of dash through stuff like that. So I, I think you could do it. Yeah. It'd be, be yeah. kind of cool, like Steam release or something. Though I do kind of like David's idea, just like, you know, make it for a DS, but it would require them to make like a new rounded DS where it's, you know, more of a ball shaped uh, touch screen. <laughs> like, you gotta put some serious R&D into like, you know, like flexible screens um, to really replicate that ball movement. It, just it, for it, Sega Sonic Arcade. Just for this game. It, it doesn't really seem worthwhile. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like, like something Sega would do. They did a lot of dumb stuff with their arcade hardware and still oh, kind of do, so... That, yeah, just imagine if they had thought it was a great idea to have, like, a Dreamcast, like, trackball controller, like a ball that you plug into your Dreamcast just to play some <laughs> updated version of this. That, you know, that would have been right in line with their mission statement around 2000, so. Ah, oh, man. And I'm going to have to do some research, but I kind of feel like that a Sega trackball controller for the Dreamcast might have actually been made. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> there's like fishing keyboards, there's fishing rods, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. Right, it was either that or play play this with the Maraca controller, and it, you know the, the yeah, controls do just that. don't translate. Oh, yeah. That'd be amazing. That'd be <laughs> awesome. I, yeah, I would love to play an isometric Sonic game where you just go shik 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 to run. Like, See, done. And Amigo would have been a better companion than Ray the Flying Squirrel. Like, they, <laughs> true. You know, this game should have introduced Amigo is what it should have done. They, you know. This should have been their backdoor pilot for Samba de Amigo, like, way back in 1993. Uh, that would have been a great idea. But anyway, uh, Johnny, um... Actually, yeah. I was just I was just going to say, it's like, why has there not been an Amigo-Sonic crossover? Like, Amigo yeah. needs to be in the next Sonic game. Seriously, they should be great friends. Is there even a monkey character in Sonic? Like... There's those robot monkeys that they're There's the monkey badnecks that... Yeah... About the same. I like a friendly yeah. uh, friend friend robot that shakes maracas and you know sends you on wild acid trips while you listen to fucking uh, Cup of Life. It's uh, you know <laughs> fucking you know someday if he goes so my jam. Um, we'll have to we'll have to write Sega about that. Maybe they can bring him back. Dear Just Sega. Like, clearly, they all care about uh, like the Sega catalog of characters since they made uh, since they went away from Sonic and All Stars Racing and went back to just Sonic Racing. Clearly. They want to uh, integrate those characters. Anyway, before I get David off on the uh, you know, oh. superior Sega Racing tangent, uh, 
Johnny, anything else on Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, this fantastic arcade game that I know uh, you've definitely played? Yeah, I hope someday <laughs> to play it. <laughs> One day. You know, it sounds like you're going to have to get down to Jacksonville, man. We'll look it up. We'll find out where it All is. Right. We'll do a special GTT edition just where we bother you while you play that. You can crash at my place. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> done and done. Hell yeah. Game two.
Alright, so, uh, this game was originally developed as an original game, but during its very short development time, which was around six months, it was decided to change this to be a game within another series. Uh, it took about one month of their six-month development time to redraw all of the sprites in this game. Gentlemen, who has right. those guesses slash answers? We'll be um, working with the judges on this one. Okay, so um, John and John both say Castlevania Arcade. We're going to have to check with our judges here, um, but Pass Blaster and Jesse both say Haunted Castle, which is correct. Um... Judges, we have a four-way hat trick. Oh, man. <laughs> cool. It's the sexiest kind of hat trick. What a good four-way. So, uh, this is Haunted Castle, a.k.a. Castlevania the Arcade Game. Okay, good. Like, sure sounds like Castlevania the Arcade Game, you know, no matter what <laughs> bland title they gave it. Uh, and, um, well, it's... Yeah. It's funny because, um, the... So, alright. This game is not good, but the music is really good. Now, hold um, on, David. Wait, wait, wait. Are you, are you going to tell me that a Castlevania game, a legendarily hard series of old-school platforming games for the arcade that demands you play it, you know, for your actual money, might not be good? Like, I refuse to believe it. Yeah, I know. It, it blew my mind. Um... So the, the game is not good, but the soundtrack is really good. Um, and what would have given it away is uh, it features a remix of Bloody Tears, which I didn't mm. use, but is fucking awesome. 
Um, but a lot of the music from this game got remixed in later ones. Um, I believe... I'll have to double check exactly the upload order, but one of the songs featured got remixed for Portrait of Ruin, um, and one of them became Julius Belmont's theme in Aria of Sorrow. Like, they've pulled music from this game, and the music is really, really solid. The game is not. <laughs> you uh, mentioned that. Cannot state that enough. <laughs> and aside from being like a Castlevania game and like notoriously difficult and an arcade game that tried to draw your quarters, like you would expect there to be trial and error gameplay and all that. And there is. Um, and you would expect to be like swarmed with enemies. And there is like in the first stage you fight medusa but in order to summon medusa it just sends a bunch of bat enemies at you and you have to kill enough before medusa comes out like it's fucking ridiculous but um beyond that the the way this game handles continues like in an arcade game you lose all your lives you pop in a quarter you continue this game does something different uh -oh. where you're given a limited amount of continues but you can add a quarter. You can add a quarter to increase your health. But doing that will remove one of your continues. What? Whoa! Whoa. What? Yeah. Like this game's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> but it was released. It was re-released on the arcade, like the Konami Arcade Collection, and uh, the re-release does get rid of that. So you can't actually sit down and beat this game, and you can just focus on kind of the like. Just give me like 99 continues and let me get through the bullshit enemies. Right. But I'm, um, I'm just baffled by that system. I mean, like one of the central tenets of like an arcade game, like getting a game over, is you, you fuck up and die, and now you have 20 seconds to sh like reach in your pockets and you know find a quarter and you know continue or not continue. And so they remove that by you have to put the quarter in before dying to recharge your life. And it takes away a continue? Like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I love that so idea. Oh, shut up, John. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so glad for the re-release of this game because playing this game in an arcade is literally impossible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> have you ever... And especially because when you, when you do lose your lives and, like, you have to continue, it starts you at the beginning of that stage. Fucked. So if you die like in a boss, you go to the beginning of that stage. No, see that's totally fucked. You got to be able to just keep on popping quarters in and resume where you left off. I mean, what the fuck, like Konami? That's that's so cruel. <laughs> it was all about quarters, man. They didn't Dude, care. Yeah, and that is like that's next level shit. Like <laughs> make you redo a stage, not just like resume fighting the boss where the boss already has half of its health depleted. Like. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> well, and I was, um, because, shocking everyone, I have never beaten this game. What? Um, so, <laughs> oh. like, I looked up, like, a, a playthrough of this game just so I could see the ending in the battle with Dracula and whatnot. Spoilers. Um, and I think Whoa. it's stage five, where it, it starts off where, I mean, it continues that classic Castlevania legacy of, like, you walk incredibly slowly and deliberately. And I think it's stage five that starts off with, like, you walk into the clock tower and it basically starts scrolling upwards and a bunch of just, like, rocks fall at you <laughs> so you have to walk out of the way. And I mean, like, literally, there's no way to dodge them. Like, 
they come at you at a speed of like 50 miles an hour and you're walking at a speed of three miles an hour. Like there's no way to do it. Well, you're telling me there's a Castlevania game and maybe your, your walk cycle's a little slow and fucked up? No, it ain't, David. I don't believe it. Like, uh-uh. I know. But um, this game did do some interesting stuff. Um, your whip upgrades, you went from a whip to a morning star to a sword. That's dumb. Um, and it did what? feature like... It did feature exclusive sub-weapons, so um, you could get a torch or a bomb instead of holy water, and instead of a cross, you got a boomerang. But there was a cross sub-weapon that it wasn't a boomerang weapon. Instead, you just held up a cross and shot out, like, three mini-crosses. So it was basically like a laser weapon. Okay, dope. (laughs) Yeah, I love spread shot cross. That's sweet. That's the fucking power of Christ compelling you right there, baby. Spread cross. <laughs> Shooting cross lasers. <laughs> so, yeah, um, really, I just, I wanted to stick with Game That Tune's heritage of, you know, it can be a shitty game, but if it has a good soundtrack, I mean, yeah. it's worth including. That's true. And I think that'll hold true for a lot of arcade games. Even, you know, even like arcade versions of games that we played previously, like... The sounds are different, and like some of them have a, some of them sound better, some of them sound worse. Like, you know, there's no chance that any of us have beaten the games that we featured tonight because <laughs> they're arcade games. But yeah, the uh, the soundtrack is what matters in this case. But yeah, you know, I, I, I want to talk briefly, seriously. You can progress from a whip to a sword. What the fuck kind of progression is that? Like, that just betrays all of Castlevania. Like, granted, I guess this is not Oops. Castlevania. This is Haunted Castle, but. I mean. well, oh, no, no, no. It, it is officially part of the Castlevania series. Um, it So it, it does star Simon Belmont. And confusingly, um, as I was researching this game, Konami did say that this was like a remake of the first game, but it's not at all. <laughs> um, so instead of um, Simon Belmont going to like live up to his family legacy and destroy Dracula's resurrection... So what happens is the game starts off with Simon Belmont getting married, and he's in this, like, nice white tuxedo with his beautiful bride, and Dracula appears, kidnaps his bride, and then he immediately turns into his classic barbarian armor, and then goes to kill Dracula to get his bride back. Gotcha. So he's wearing the tuxedo over the armor, (laughs) just in case Dracula crashed the wedding. (laughs) And, uh, you know, sure enough, it's, uh... Yeah, no, that all adds up. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm looking at, like, uh, I guess, like, an old uh, ad for it now. And, one, this ad is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. It's, you know, I want to know who they hired to be the models to play Dracula and the scared woman in this ad. But it says, Haunted Castle, revamp an old game with this new hit. So, they were trying to sell it like it was a Castlevania remake. And, uh, you know, using great vampire puns. That's, uh... Yeah, man, Konami was on point with this one. Sounds like <laughs> it Shitty continue mechanics and great promotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... um. If you if you do decide to play this game, which I don't recommend, <laughs> um, I would say use, like, one of the re-release versions because, like, if you found an arcade cabinet version of this, you will not get past the first level. No. You just fucking won't. Who would want to <laughs> with those continue mechanics? Like, seriously, like, that's, that's so fucked up. I can't even... Ugh, it, I'm disgusted by the very idea of continues, or, like, yeah, we discussed that. Yeah, 
the whole you know money into the system thing. I'm, I'm just disgusted. Can't can't you just turn? That's all arcades, John. I don't I don't understand why you just no. But you know th that's the thing. No, fuck that. Because like you're playing a like a Simpsons beat 'em up or whatever, and you're fighting Mr. Burns. You pop a quarter in there. You don't go back to the beginning of the level, or like Mr. Burns doesn't get all his fucking life back. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. just saying. Yeah. They, got, they got to throw you a fucking bone. You're giving them literal money. You're literally just shev shoving <laughs> money into a machine. They got to throw you some fucking bone. This game was like, eh, we'll throw you a bone. Here's a bunch of, here's a skeleton army throwing bones at you. Like, <laughs> Can't you just turn continues off altogether? Yeah, I, I think, I think uh, stream chat Rikus from Padukins in chat. I think there's an option that you can just flat out turn them off. Now that is good to know. But then you still have to be shoveling quarters in there while, Correct. Uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to like, recharge your life. Absolutely. Uh, man. I don't know, David. You, you know, all your ringing endorsements for this game. Uh, sounds like this game might be a little fucked up. <laughs> I, ringing endorsements of this game. I believe I literally started this discussion with, this game is yeah, not game's good. Bad and I do not recommend playing but it. But the soundtrack's great. Uh, that's uh, that's all it takes, man. Uh, so, fuck yeah, David. Great uh, great selection. Uh, you know, you know, literally have broadened my, like, horizons my mind as to how continues can work in games, and I hate it. Uh, anything else on The Haunted Castle? Just speaking of endorsements of this game, uh, there was actually a guy I follow on YouTube who literally streamed playing all of the Castlevania games together, and then he ranked all of the Castlevania games, and this was his one above the bottom. Like, this was number 31 out of wow. 32. What was the worst so, one? Uh, Castlevania the Adventure on the Game Boy. I mean, wow. probably checks out. Yeah. So, I feel like that one's better. So that that's my ringing endorsement. <laughs> Go ahead and play the 31st best Castlevania game. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a, that's a pull quote for that uh, you know new arcade cabinet they're coming out with. You know, David Fleming of GTT says some guy on YouTube says this is the 31st <laughs> best. <laughs> some guy. Uh, hell yeah. Game three.
All right. So this one is actually the one that I brought to the uh, table. Unlike you guys, I do enjoy this game that I brought. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm lucky enough to actually own this PCB. But uh, what's interesting is in, in 10 days, this game is 30 years old to the to the day. Um, this will be a game that in the future we talk about for sure on Paduk, and It's one of my favorite arcade games of all time. Um, so another hint I have for you guys um, – as you can tell, a lot of the music kind of sounds the same. We were talking earlier about like sound hardware. They they definitely like that snare drum sample. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same snare drum sample in every single song on this game. Uh, the same person who who basically composed this also composed the original Mega Man soundtrack. <laughs> Hopefully my uh, trivia was enough. I feel like I didn't give you enough. See, that's the that's the secret, man. I actually uh, you gave me entirely too much. Okay. Yeah. You don't realize that I do a uh, you know side project to this where we listen to video game music from 30, 20, and ten years ago. Uh, <laughs> so maybe this music is uh, already on my mind for some reason this month. <laughs> could be. Could be. All right. Everyone got their answers. <laughs> Quit pressure those triple question marks. <laughs> so there you go. It it is Magic Sword. Yes. Uh, so Jesse, don't be too sad because the same person also did that same soundtrack. So Excellent. yeah, this, you had the right composer. Just this is uh this is Magic yeah. Sword. So originally released on uh, Capcom CPS One hardware. Um, this is actually a really cool game. I'm, I'm in the process of trying to learn how to like one CC it. So basically beat it on one credit. Um, it's a long arcade game. It takes about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how much you want to farm. Uh, there's 51 levels in it. Uh, so basically, it's like a side-scrolling... I guess it's kind of like a platformer. Um, I don't know. It's, it's more like a side-scroller, not really beat-em-up, but you play as a, a character that you go through, and you collect like little assistant characters, and, and you go through and kill enemies, trying to get to the end of the game to defeat Drakmar. I think it's Drakmar or Dromkar. I can't remember. I think it's Drakmar. Uh, basically to either destroy the magic black orb or or take it into your hand and become the new Dark Lord. Sweet. Um, originally, this game did launch on Super Nintendo. The uh, Super Nintendo version, I think, was only one player, though, whereas the arcade is two-player. Um, one of my favorite things about this is not only do you kind of get stronger and better weapons as you play through the game, but your your assistants actually like level up as well. So you, you can pick like different assistants. So there's like locked like jail cell things. And as you go through, you pick up keys, and you can unlock the jail cells. And 
if you don't like the assistant you have, you can basically unlock a different jail cell and pick a different assistant. So it is kind of random as far as what you get. But there's like a there's like a warrior princess, there's like a priest, uh, there's a dark mage, there's like a big guy that has like an axe. There's all different kinds of things, and depending on the level that you're playing, some are better than the others. But uh, this game's super super you awesome. Do you just trade them out in the cell? And <laughs> like, hey, you get yeah. you get. You're more useful. The the, you're back in jail. <laughs> Kinda. So, like, you'll go to the cell and, like, you press up on the, the joystick and basically the, the jail cell will open. Sometimes there are booby traps. Sometimes there's enemies in there. Um, but basically a new, a new assistant will walk out. And if you want that assistant, you just basically walk over them. And then it'll swap out your current one. Um, so, yeah, it's... it's I, I love this game. But right now I can beat it on about... I think the best I've done is, like, six credits. But, again, it's, like, a 45-minute long game. So it's a pretty long arcade game. Yeah, sure, man. I'm looking wow. at it now. It looks fucking cool um, it's amazing man it's I'm, super fun i'm trying to figure out the uh, i'm seeing images of like the actual cabinet uh so there's like a super jack barbarian dude <laughs> standing yeah. in some fire and then it looks like he's being shot with lasers by easter island heads yes that's accurate that happens in the game okay <laughs> oh good <laughs> good cool it's not just so this was like this, confusing this was art 1990 by... capcom this was <laughs> I was going to say, this was developed by Konami, they brought in Gradius, or this was a Capcom game? Right, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much they were all just doing the same thing in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, they all saw some National Geographic thing about Easter Islands, like those would be a really dope enemy in our arcade game. You know, what if they <laughs> shot lasers, though? Yeah, it's it's a really bizarre game. There's like dragons <laughs> that pop out of fire, dragons that pop out of water, there's like butterflies that are enemies there's all kinds of crazy stuff there is the the easter island heads that pop out and shoot stuff there's poisonous scorpions yeah. there's liz lizard man monsters there's all kinds of crazy stuff it's just such a cool cool game no, um, that looks great i love man. the like idea this... of like some giant jacked warrior some like priestess some whatever like all these fantasy characters like oh don't go into that swamp there are great enemies there oh like a giant dragon no no the butterflies. Yeah. That's what'll <laughs> fuck you Dude, up, man. The but they really do, though, because like the butterflies, they're little. They're, there's also gnats, believe it or not. There's gnats that are enemies. No. <laughs> oh, and it's super hard to see. Yeah. Florida? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the one, the one of the mechanics that I actually do not like about this game, but it makes sense, is even if you if you just stand perfectly still and don't get attacked, your health bar slowly goes down. And this was a mechanic to force you to play through no. the game. Oh. Uh, but there, there is there is places in the game that you can kind of farm a bunch of additional health bars and, and things like that. So it, it is totally beatable. There's a guy on, on here on Twitch uh, named Pasky, P-A-S-K-Y. He does a lot of uh, 1cc runs of, of this game of Metal Slug. But watching him 1cc Magic Sword, it's un unbelievable. Yeah, man, Just watch him play through really this game. Really cool. Because, you know... Metal Slug's all well and good. It's got you know, gorgeous sprite work, but it doesn't have magic dragons and butterflies and shit. Like this, it definitely uh, doesn't. It definitely yeah, doesn't. A little different but yeah, vibe. The, but the lady who did this, she, she's actually cool. Her name is Manami Matsumai. Matsumai. Yes. She she did um, she did a lot of uh, early Capcom stuff. She did Carrier Air Wing, UN Squadron, Magic Sword. She did the original Mega Man uh, soundtrack, and then she actually came back and did things like uh, Mighty Number no. Nine, Shovel Knight. She did a lot of cool stuff. So. Mm -hmm. The, the music in this game was actually draw like drew me into it. Uh, it. It's a fun game to play, but that the track like I know that the, the versions of the songs I got were kind of blown out, but uh, it's a really really cool soundtrack on this game. Oh, yeah, see, please, I'm I'm, I'm happy that you picked this because it's it's obscure enough that like maybe some people haven't heard of it, but it's still a Capcom game on that old school Capcom arcade hardware, so the soundtrack fucking slaps. 
Yeah, like. it's it's super good. They they did re-release it. I was looking. Um, I knew some friends that had it on Super Nintendo, but it looks like they re-released it on like Xbox 360, I think. And uh, yeah, Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network. You could get this and uh, Final Fight in like a combo thing for like ten bucks. So it's totally worth it if you can find oh, it. Oh fuck, that's what this is, man! I talked about this recently on that fucking show I teased earlier. Uh, you know, GTT Gems, because ten years ago they did the Magic Sword Final Fight like re-release and the yep. uh, double the, impact. The, yeah, double impact. And there is still a fucking... There is an official Capcom website still up where you can download the soundtrack to both those games in one zip file. Well, gonna go ahead and do that real quick. Uh, yeah, it's dope, man. I'll shoot, I'll <laughs> yeah. shoot you that link. So I was like, Please whoa, that's, that's still here. <laughs> like, I totally totally would have done that rather than ripping this from YouTube. <laughs> oh, well, but it, in, in fairness, it is the... Uh, it's like... It's an updated soundtrack for the for the 2010 re-release, but it's still like... Still, I downloaded that's awesome, the the double impact thing and I'm like oh that's some good final fight now what's this game magic sword I don't know uh, sounds it, nice and then you know as I continued on doing my research for uh, for gems I'm like okay yeah actually uh, this game's got really good music right because yeah, it's, it's a awesome. Capcom arcade game from the fucking 90s like oh <laughs> god um, I love how they paired. Uh, I love how Capcom paired up magic sword with final fight and not like <laughs> Capcom's version of Dungeons and Dragons, or like any of their fantasy Knights of the Round, like any of their fantasy things. Like, okay, we've got this fantasy platform beat 'em up game. What should we pair it with? Hey, how about that like gritty urban brawler? That makes yeah, sense, right? Right. They they could have put it with like like Black Tiger. Black Tiger came out a couple years before this game, and it's it's super similar to Magic Sword. Magic Sword's obviously a little bit more polished and advanced, but. It is a weird combination. I mean, the only thing I can think is people know Final Fight. More people know Final Fight than Magic Sword. Um, but who knows, man? Who yeah, knows marketing? I mean, <laughs> ten when, years when ago they're trying to put Magic Sword over in a big way. <laughs> when you smash them up, when you mash them up, like, do you get to have Hagar pile drive a dragon or anything like that? See, You're that's the rad. question. You know, God, the, I wish. Yeah, the yeah. double impact. That that really should have been the thing. Like, you get two two games, but then they cross each other over in weird ways. So you got you know magic dudes uh, working their way through a bunch of street gangs, and then yeah. you got Hagar pile driving dragons. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> a really good idea. They frankly, I'm disappointed Capcom didn't come up with. <laughs> I mean, we know that Hagar pile drives bull sharks. Now we just need them to pile drive dragons. Yeah, it's the next step. But, uh, you know, for real, I think the, you know, David, maybe the reason these two are connected, uh, if you look at the box art or any piece of art from Magic Sword, uh, whoever the protagonist is, is one of the most jacked ass, like, shredded dudes of all time. So, like, yeah, put him with Hagar. Fuck it. Like, that, that adds <laughs> this, up. These games are, no, these guys are, uh, games are in no way similar, but that's a, that's like a weird world's strongest man looking motherfucker. So, this uh, game has some of the weirdest, like, promotional art. There, there's, like, it, and it's all official too. It's super weird. Like if you look the game up on like Wikipedia, they show you the legitimate like art, and it's it doesn't look like a professional did it. It's like <laughs> it's like deviant art before deviant art, and like yes. not all deviant art is bad by any stretch, but like this doesn't look like Capcom paid a professional artist to do it. And then <laughs> no. my buddy, my buddy, the uh, Mr. S and K on Paduke, and he he loves finding weird, obscure like arcade art flyers and stuff. He found like an overseas like European flyer for this thing, and it looks even worse than this one. I'm like, what the hell is this? It's super, super crazy. No, I kind of love it though. Like, I, if, if I'm looking at the thing I'm thinking uh, that you're maybe talking about, it's uh, yeah, some pretty fucking basic, <laughs> uh, 
like, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like which developer went to their nephew and was like, "That's a cool drawing you're working on there, Ricky." Like, uh, let me see that. I want to slap it on the side of our arcade cabinet. Like, yeah, it's it's got like raptor per, uh, person and uh, yeah, no, it looks like uh, like some high school level art. It's pretty great. So, mm. We just Damn. need we just need box art for that Capcom dual pack where it's just like the predator shot of Hagar and the jacked guy like clasping hands, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, yeah, that's that's a really good idea. Like, why would they re-release those two things together if not to cross them over eventually? Like, you know that. Yeah, you know, frankly, uh, with the context of last week's episode, also that makes Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite even more disappointing. They couldn't bring in Magic Sword to, to the Capcom side of things? Like, you know, come on. This is the deep cut that people would have gotten on board with. Like, nobody wanted <laughs> that game. But if Magic Sword showed up, it would be like, all right, hold on, now Capcom's taking this shit serious. Let's, uh, yeah, cool. That's, uh, you know, another... I'm sure if Magic Sword appeared in Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, all four Magic Sword fans would have bought that game. <laughs> it would have been, you know, so many, it would have nearly tripled the sales of Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Uh, <laughs> that poor, poor game. But, man, yeah, no, uh, this is great. And so I, I take it, then, that this is, uh, you know, two-player beat-em-up, so it's, uh, it's showing up on your podcast soon, uh, is it not? So this technically isn't a beat em up. It's it's a side scroller like platformer game. Oh man, uh, I'm sorry. I will absolutely fight for sure to get it on the podcast in the future. Uh, yeah. But it probably it probably won't make it in the uh, the two player beat em up uh, series that we're we're doing right now. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Well, I was trying to drop you a fantastic plug, but uh, but you know. maybe one of the other games in the double impact box set might. Hey, hey! Yeah, I'm not gonna name what game it is, but it's not Magic Sword. It might be <laughs> one of the other. Hmm. Ones, but who knows? We, it we'll, it we'll had see. a singular impact <laughs> within that two-game set, uh, and there was yeah. a certain finality to that fight. <laughs> that, uh, maybe, maybe you'll discuss it someday. Um, there you yeah. go. All right, because 2024 is when we'll get to uh, Capcom platformers. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but the strange thing about uh, Final Fight, we can just go ahead and spoil that. Uh, you know, they made Final Fight 2. They had to retcon Final Fight. It turned out it was not the Final Fight. And yet they kept going with that title. It's a, it's, it's a very strange series for them. But, uh, I'm I'd sure like to direct to you to Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's not an arcade game, see, David. No, David, you know, way off base here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if we're t- talking about the just concept of finality in games, uh, you know, it, it seems that it's uh, games are never terribly final. Is the point I'm making? Um, awesome pick, man! I, I, I actually really want to play this now because, you know, like I said before, I just kind of overlooked it as part of that double impact set. But now I'm like, oh, man, okay, wait, so no, this, you know, everything I'm looking at this uh, looks pretty fucking dope. So it's fun, man. It's a, it's a really really fun game. Even even to just sit there and run through, um, it's it's a blast. I love it. Hell yeah. Fantastic, man. Uh, you know, great pick, great soundtrack. Shout out to Manami Matsume. You know, she's uh, she's just a fantastic lady. And uh, Johnny, let's keep it moving, man. Game four.
so uh this uh three player beat em up was based on an early draft of a script for a film adaption of a comic book series. How you ugly MFers doing? Uh-oh. I feel like this MF uh, giving some hints here. <laughs> and uh, John, Johnny drew a dick, kind of, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Close <laughs> enough. Jesus. Um, I'm gonna, uh, taking a guess here. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I forgot about C&D. Double Dragon 3 is what I had written. Oh, Double Dragon 3, that's incorrect. Uh, John says uh, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, that's incorrect. And David has the correct AVP. answer. Alien versus Predator. It wasn't the C&D, it was the AVP. Oh, man. It's Capcom heavy. This, yeah, this, yeah. This, I would not have gotten it if you hadn't called me an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lucky I already had my answer written down by then. <laughs> yeah, so Alien versus Predator, this game is really fucking awesome um it's it, the sprite work is great uh you get to play as either two humans or two different al- or two different predators um one is a hunter and the other is a warrior i believe um and i'm not too sure about the humans because why would you pick them um they've got some cool <laughs> air juggle combos they're they're, they're pretty cool they're all right. You got there's a, this lady that looks pretty cool, and then this big giant dude. I think does he have like a mech arm? I he think. does. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but this game, like, um, I remember me and two friends. I think we spent like twenty bucks and finished it, <laughs> and it was <laughs> worth every it was, quarter. It was. It definitely <laughs> was. It was so fun. Just, um, and there's a lot of freaking aliens on screen. It might as well be a side scroll like Muso game. There's so many aliens on screen. Um, and um, the one thing I thought was weird is like, you know, like typical games, um, the health is in the form of like cheeseburgers and pizza. And I really just, <laughs> I want to see some fucking predators hanging out, eating some pizza together. Like how, what what are they, they going to do with the pizza? Like, oh, we just hunted. Let me take this mask off and, and eat I've a seen their mouths. It would be weird to watch them eat. Yeah. Yeah, but you'd do it. Yeah. You'd love doing it, watching him eat yeah. it. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. If, if there was just yeah. some in-between, like, you know, from, like, you know, the fucking robot chicken writers or something, where it's just, like, predators hanging out, eating a pizza after, like, in-between predator movies. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch, watch the whole sure. thing. Yeah. yeah, I'd absolutely watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Predators. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Yes. Or just uh, just the shawarma scene from the first Avengers movie, but it's all oh. predators. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Heck yeah. Oh, man. Because do they, like, eat, like, raw meat and stuff? Like, what do they think of, like, Earth food? Like, that's that's really... I want to see them, like, maybe Alton Brown shows up to, like, you know, tell them how, like, human food is cooked. And, like, the predators are like, wow, these are some good eats, you know? Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as for the actual game, so I, I never played Alien vs. Predator Arcade. Uh, I had the one on the SNES, which was not very much fun. Um, but looking at uh, you know images of this, this looks completely different and uh, way more fun. It's and, amazing. It's a really, yeah, really fun game. Seriously, what the fuck? And like you know, how, so Jesse said there's a couple of humans. Like it's Alien vs. Predator, and this is not Ripley, and it's not Dutch. Like. No. What are we doing here? <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> um, no, but um, there are some, like, the aliens, like, evolve and stuff and get, like, crazy abilities, which is cool. Um, I think they really go with, go hard on the comic book stuff, which is just neat. Um, uh, have, have, uh, Past Blast, have you seen one of these in the wild? I may or may not own this PCB, and I feel bad for not knowing Ooh. the music. Oh, my <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, there's a, there's a really cool... Um, guy out there his name's dark softman they make basically like uh it's basically like a multi-board so for cps2 it's, it's one board that you buy and you basically have every cps2 game um so i have a friend in town that can uh 1cc he's been on laser time before he goes by nb he can actually 1cc this game which is wow. pretty nuts but uh that's that's what yeah. i'm saying the, the humans they may not look as cool on the screen but they have some gnarly like air, you can do like air juggles and like air combos in this game and really like it's it's so so much fun yeah, and like the the dude looks pretty jacked, and he's got like a some kind of giant arm cannon and shit. Like it's you know, they're cool looking humans. That's that's the problem though. They you, know, you just can't compare to a yeah. So couple his, of his name is his name is Dutch. The the guy is Dutch. Okay. And the and the uh, the girl is uh, Lynn Kurosawa. I think her name is yeah. Gotcha. So okay, well at least they got Dutch in there. Man, if they could have gotten some uh, some digitized Schwarzenegger samples, they'd really be in business. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know. Um, yeah, but who the fuck is Lynn Kurosawa? I'm, I'm, I'm racking my like alien brain now. Like, is that anybody? I don't people, think that's anybody. <laughs> people were want her really bad for Marvel vs. Capcom. I remember when when they first announced Marvel Marvel Three, everyone's like, "Oh, you're finally gonna get to play Lynn because she has air juggle. She has everything that would have been perfect Hell for Marvel Three, yeah. and they just never they never put her in there." Damn. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, would have been cool, man. Well, she was in. If I remember, in Namco crossed Capcom, there was like a a shopkeeper or like there was an original character who would transform into Capcom characters because she would change into Michelle Hart from Legendary Wings and I feel like she maybe changed into Lynn Kurosawa maybe yeah I'm not 100% sure sounds right sounds like kind of bone they would try to throw everybody but not actually put her in the game which is uh, just a damn shame again like that's kind of shit that Capcom (laughs) they need to be digging in the you know deep in the crates man they need to be pulling their magic swords they need to be pulling their alien versus predator Uh, you know keep people interested in the uh, the Marvel vs. Capcom series clearly they didn't pull the right characters in this last instance (laughs) and uh, it didn't work out no No, they they did pull the right characters which ones (laughs) I was going to say they did pull the right characters for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite they just made them all DLC oh right 
they uh, yeah they, they had big plans, and then nobody bought the game, and nobody wanted the game, so they didn't make the DLC, the the classic modern Capcom tale. Yeah. Fucking you, tragic. You want to play Monster Hunter? <laughs> you want to play Venom? You want to play those characters? Sure. Give us extra money. Yeah. I don't know. Modern Capcom, they, they may have lost their way a little bit. You know, I, I like classic Capcom. It cost a quarter to play as these dope-ass characters, and you got to uh, <laughs> you got to fight aliens and predators. It's it's a great, uh, it's a fucking great idea. Yeah. If Capcom would make all their DLC a quarter, I bet you I would have <laughs> downloaded some of it. They should look into that. That's a good point. Yeah, seriously. Think about it. You know, quantity, not quality. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, Alien vs. Predator, um... Yeah, it, it it looks fucking great. Like seriously, I, you know, I I didn't know this was an arcade game, and I'm uh, a little disappointed that I didn't know that because that seems like kind of thing. Like, you know, if if I had ever seen this in the wild, I would have been like, oh yeah, cool, I'm playing that forever. That's uh, that's my game. Oh now. yeah. If you've yeah, only I, played the uh, the Super Nintendo one, dude, you are in for such a treat. The arcade one is so so good. Yeah, no, and you know the the beauty of the Super Nintendo one was like uh, I got it as like a birthday present from a friend of mine and. Uh, clearly, it was he had bought it and didn't like it, and he gave it to me like you know in like a grocery bag, and I'm like, you know, uh, Jared, what is this? He's like, Alien vs. Predator. I'm like, it looks, uh, it appears to be not in a box. It looks like you're just handing me a game for my birthday. He's like, yeah, that's pretty much what's happened. <laughs> like, you know, you take it. Like, you know, it was before the days of GameStop, and it was just like, here, I, you know. He clearly wanted it out of his house and uh, stuck me with it. It's like, all right, well, maybe it's fun. It wasn't. So, you know, it's, uh, they, they need to push this one on people. I, I need a, a good Alien vs. Predator game. Because then after after the Super NES one, they made the fucking movie, the PG-13 movie, and that was no fun. Like, you know, mm. Aliens vs. Predator, It's uh, you know, it seems this is the best piece of media relating to those two things. So... They need to be giving this to me. I, I gotta uh, give a small shout out to um, something like kind of related, and that's the Archie versus Predator <laughs> comic series. That thing was amazing. Where Predator Predator just yeah. shows up in Riverdale and just starts fucking capping, you know, like Jughead and all those people. It's very violent and very silly. It's fantastic. You gotta check that out. Yeah. They should have made an arcade game out of that. I would have also played that. <laughs> you could play as Jughead. Choose your character. Or a predator. Your Archie, Jughead, Predator. <laughs> Betty. <laughs> oh, man. That, yeah, that's, uh, that's an untapped market. If they, if they had anticipated the popularity of Riverdale, they would have been able to capitalize on that with like a modern... Maybe, maybe they, would have, you know, they would have fucked it up somehow. It would have been like a light gun shooter. It would have been you know, oh. Archie and Predator shooting aliens. You know. Great graphics, though. It would have been, you know, terrible, terrible game. Yeah. Um, I'm basing all that on my recent experience at uh, another local arcade game uh, place playing uh, Tomb Raider, the arcade game. Not fun. What? Yeah, there's a light gun Tomb Raider game that's not fun. <laughs> so. Uh, well, that's yeah. sad to Don't know. just make good things into light gun games. It's, it's not how to make a good arcade game. Um even though Alien vs. Predator would be a good example in that case. Like, you know, like a Predator light gun game would be kind of fun. Like, you're in the jungle, you can't fucking see shit. You gotta shoot when you see a little Predator move. You know, or you're in the, the alien colony and it's just swarming with motherfuckers and you gotta, you gotta shoot as many aliens as possible. It's a, you know, little, uh, you know, 
It's like a hunt versus uh, just like a slaughter kind of situation. It would have been good. But, yeah, I don't know. They should bring this back. Now that, I, now that I'm pitching that, it actually seems like a really good idea. Just like, you know, the best of Alien <laughs> and Predator in like an arcade game form. That, it seems like a good idea. Yeah, I'll, I'll call Capcom for you, John. We'll get that ball rolling. Thank you, John. I was Thank waiting you. for somebody to say that. Jeez. <laughs> All right. But, Jesse, you got anything else on um, Alien vs. Predator, the arcade game? No, it's, it speaks for itself. It's fantastic. Game 5.
All right, guys. So, a couple of pieces of trivia here. The uh, developers of this game sent artists on a round-the-world trip to digitally capture sites and major tourist attractions for the game. And this game was displayed at the 1996 Amusement and Music Operators Association show where it was given the award for most innovative new title. All right, guys, how are you feeling? Fantastic. 50-50. Good. good, good, good. <laughs> Great guesses so far. I feel like I am going to curse once I find it's out possible. what the answer so is. So Jesse says Area 51, sadly incorrect. <laughs> Johnny says Frogger, sadly incorrect. David says Gex 3, Deep Cover Gecko, my favorite arcade game, but no, unfortunately incorrect. <laughs> And Pass Blaster has the correct answer. This is Cruisin' World. Oh, sweet. <laughs> David, were you going to curse loudly? Or are you are you upset about this? Damn it! Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> you know, David, famous Cruisin' fan. Uh, you know, David <laughs> definitely loves driving cars and operating automobiles. That's his thing. Um, man... Cruising world, what a fucking game! Uh, you know, you could you could play as a school bus, right? I'm sure you could. You, you know, you could play as a number of odd vehicles that you don't want to race in, like a you know a Humvee, like and uh, shit. Uh, you know, it's the school bus and the Humvee are the things I'm mostly thinking <laughs> of. Oh, and, a, and like a VW Beetle. <laughs> you know, definitely don't want to go into a road race driving a driving a Beetle. That's uh, you know, a good way to lose. Yeah, I recall but, um, this game had, I, like, you know, this, it, like, it was my first time ever finding out that an arcade game could have, like, secret, uh, like, easily unlockable things in it. Because um, I think you get the secret cars by just, like, holding down the camera button or something while you're choosing your car, right. and it switches to the alternate cars. Exactly. And uh, I think this was the first time I was like, oh my god, there's codes in arcade games? Like, it's not just quarters? <laughs> this is amazing. Mind. <laughs> Blown. <laughs> yeah, hold what? down the radio button. Select this car. It's actually this car. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's how it's done, John. 
Yeah, my, I think my first experience in realizing arcade games had weird, unlikable shit was uh, Tekken 2. But, uh, you know, uh, this also qualifies because these were much easier to fucking unlock. It was literally just like hold down a button and make your selection. Um, but yeah, man, I, yeah, I, I love some cruising games. Uh, I was trying to think, like, in the lead up to the show, like, you know, there's, there's so many arcade games and, like, so many things that are, you know, just like kind of arcade versions of games you can get elsewhere. But it. Sit-down drive-in games are just so specific to the arcade, and I, I got a real soft spot for these games, uh, despite the fact that, you know, I don't know, maybe they're not so hot. Uh, you know, it, it's, it seems like it's usually the first thing I play whenever I enter an arcade, and uh, so I was happy to happy to pick Cruisin' World. Um, <laughs> yeah, anybody I, else got big-time experience with this? Yeah, I've actually played a good amount of Cruisin' USA and Cruisin' World, you know, probably a little bit of both, but... I feel the same way about arcades. Like I, I like I always gravitate towards things that have some kind of unique hardware that I'll never sure. be able to replicate at home. Like yes, I could like a basketball buy, hoop. Yeah, I could buy a wheel and some pedals and all that, but like I'm not gonna <laughs> ever do that because I'm not that invested in it. But I'm you know so when I go to the arcade, like yeah, that's the first thing I'm gonna play is something where, where like I get to sit down, hold a wheel, smash my foot on the pedals, put my left foot on the brake like a crazy person because I can get away with that in an arcade and not at home or in my real car I should say (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, I mean David knows me better than most Uh, you know my probably most played arcade game is like Crazy Taxi High Roller at the uh, CC's Pizza in St. Augustine Florida so uh, yeah you know I I gravitate towards the driving games and uh, I play them extensively and yeah this one was one yeah, I, uh, this it's strange. Like they always, uh, you know, I don't know, like past blaster, how much you deal with like marketing or like people trying to sell you shit. But like, it, it, you know, it seems like the big appeal of these games is like getting four, you know, t- two or more, two to four linked together so that like multiple people can play and race together. And I don't know if I've ever played Cruisin' World properly linked to another cruise, like Cruisin' World set ever. Like. This no, one I, like I, I haven't played them linked either. We, we used to have a uh, the big-ass Cruising Exotica, an FGP for nice. a while. But we sold that one, and I, I can't remember. We either have a Cruising USA or a Cruising World stand-up. I can't remember which one it is that we're working on restoring and getting back up. Um, stand-up? Yeah, it's like a stand-up one where you actually don't sit in it. It's kind of, it's kind of a unique cab. It's got like a 25-inch monitor in it. Um, but there, there's that. Like, What's cool is a lot of people... I, I haven't seen it done on Cruising, but on San Francisco Rush... Uh, people mm, have another classic. People have created like VPNs that you can like if you have one and I have one, Ooh. we can basically plug it into the internet and play each other as if they were linked right next to each other from our houses. No kidding. So yeah, there's there's like a huge following for that sort of thing. So I, I'd imagine if they did it for San Francisco Rush, they've probably done it for cruising as well. Um, I know you can do it with like Mario Karts and Initial D's and stuff like that as well. There's all kinds of cool third party stuff you can do on there. That's pretty fucking cool, man. Yeah. yeah. That would be really funny to have that, like, you know, multiple, you know, local arcades linking their machines together. Well, dude, like, they, yeah. they started doing that stuff back in, like, Mortal Kombat. I, w- I want to say it was Mortal Kombat 2 or 3. I can't remember. The arcades in Chicago, some of the bo- some of the early Mortal Kombat boards actually had, like, Ethernet T1 connections on the boards. <laughs> so you'd have this arcade fighting this other arcade down the street, and it would be, like, pretty much lagless. Uh, you know, at least for the time lagless. Who, who knows what it really sure. was, but... Yeah, that stuff's been around for a while, and then Midway was who made cruising. They they were one of the, the first companies to kind of pioneer that stuff. Yeah, that's fucking awesome, and that's yeah. a damn shame that Midway's out of business. Because yeah, that would be 
Like, well, they, they still, I, I think they still make like like slot machine stuff, right? Like Williams Midway. I think they still make okay. stuff for like overseas. Yeah. But yeah, they don't really make games and stuff anymore. Just seems like kind of thing that if there were more arcades around, it would be you know kind of a selling point. Like yeah, link this up to another arcade somewhere and you know have some turf wars in your town. Like that sounds fucking great. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would really dig on that. That's that's actually man. I'm kind of like mind blown by the very idea of that. But yeah, it's cool, man. My uh, Mr. S and K and I, we bought a uh, an initial D three, like a twin machine, and we split them up because he wanted half, I wanted half. So. If if we can ever figure out the VPN, we'll be we'll be uh, streaming some competitive initial D three. God, that would be really full, really fun <laughs> yeah, to watch. <laughs> like, heck yeah, you know some dash cam streaming of uh, of some arcade racing. That's a really good idea. But yeah, I, you know I just love, I love sit down arcade games. I was trying to think on it, and it's like you know uh, the few chances I've had. Like you know, it seems like I guess all the arcades I grew up with were kind of basic. They had cruising, you know, World or USA. Uh, you know, a couple that I've stumbled through, they had, uh, like, Daytona. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was trying to think on it, and, I, you know, I don't think I've ever played an OutRun game sit-down. And that's, uh, you know, as I was, like, getting ready for the show, I'm like, you know, I love the OutRun music so much, I should fucking, like, you know, put together, like, a little arcade bucket list. Like, I need to play some sit-down OutRun. That's uh, that's kind of my shit, like... Thinking on yeah, like one of our two, uh, like I want to play that sitting down. Like, that's Outrun Two is amazing. <laughs> that that game is so fun. I, I would love me my me and Mister K have been looking for the the Chihiro boards to put in the initial D's to have that. Yes. One of our buddies down in Brooksville, believe it or not, he actually has a full motion original Outrun cab. Nope. And it oh, is wow. like it is the gnarliest thing ever. He got it <laughs> for like such a good deal forever ago on Craigslist. Someone was like, just come get this damn thing. It's huge. Yeah, of so course. He had to like <laughs> rent a U-Haul. He blew his back out. You know the whole nine. Um, another fun sit-down game. I don't know if you guys have played it. We actually just got one uh, in FGP. It was a virtual one. Have you played those? Um, oh, that game's awesome. I have okay. played that. Yeah. They're, they're linked. They're, it's the only linked game we have in there. It's a linked two-player game. You're like big battle mechs. You sit next to each other and you fight each other. It's amazing. Okay, yeah, I have played that. I think I played that at a, an arcade in like Universal Studios like 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, they... John, they had that at our bowling alley in St. Augustine growing up. No, we John, I'm pretty sure I'm talking about something mind-blowing, like Universal Studios, but no, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe they had it at the bowling alley in St. Augustine. Maybe I'm misremembering it, but, you know, uh, that's fucking great. Oh, man, I got to come in and play that, because, yeah, if it's the game that I'm thinking of, which it highly likely is, uh, that's awesome and a really awesome Link game to play. Um, even though I also have faint memories of playing, uh, there was... Sometime I played a linked, you know, battle mech game, and one of them, one of the sides was broken. So one <laughs> guy got a full view and could do a bunch of stuff, and the other one just got like almost like a blue screen of death. All <laughs> all it would tell you is how far away the other mech was from you, and so it was like this nightmare scenario for the second <laughs> player, where it's like <laughs> just swatting at things as it comes too close. And, uh, yeah, I, I played both sides of that, and, yeah, it was a nightmare playing just, uh, you know, not knowing how, like, the only thing you know is how close something else is to you. It's a, it's a horrifying situation. I don't think that's the way yeah, the you, game was meant to be played. You're thinking of the setup at Anastasia Bowl in St. Right. <laughs> horrifying. <laughs> just terrifying place. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, uh, Cruising World, it's, uh... You know, as the trivia said, one of the most innovative games of its time. Uh, I was 
Was this the one that like when you end it, when you beat it, you got to hang out with Bill Clinton in a hot tub at the end? See, okay. Wait, what? So Johnny, that's the first cruise in USA. Um, okay. Yeah. You you beat cruise in USA. You cruise from California to Washington D.C. And in the arcade version, it does this cutscene where it's Bill Clinton in a hot tub up on the roof. There's cows around uh, and like some big titty babes. Then they're like a Hillary Clinton's on like a dollar bill or something in the cave too. There's like a bunch of weird stuff. Yeah, something like that. It's it's very strange. And yeah. so, you know, it's a very strange thing to like even think of beating Cruising USA in the arcade and encountering that as the ending. And so then uh, it, they remove that completely for the N64 version. So the N64 uh, version of that, it's just your car on the turntable. Same setup, no hot tub. Uh, Bill Clinton's gone, the hot tub's gone, it's just your car on a turntable on top of the White House with cows. Uh, very strange, <laughs> like, edit of the situation. And so then, in Cruisin' World, uh, the Nintendo 64 version actually got a bonus mission. Uh, like, there's a secret unlockable race, um that took place after the uh, where the arcade game ends. So in the arcade game, uh, you're racing around the world, you got different locations, uh, you got um, fucking, for example, you got like a Hawaii race, Japan, uh, there's a race on the Great Wall of China, uh, Egypt, Germany, Italy, you know, all these different places. And then there's a final race where you're in Florida uh, racing towards Cape Canaveral. And it ends with you approaching the space shuttle. And it's like, okay, that's interesting. So for the arcade version, uh, Johnny, I believe, you know, we couldn't get the video for this, so we, we just have the sound clip of the ending of the arcade version where you reach Cape Canaveral in Florida. This is Mission Control. Code green. Come on down. I got cruising around the 419. Over. 10 cargo bay. Loading your car into the space shuttle. Roger. Payload release. We have payload. This is Mission Control. Commence countdown. Three, two, one, zero. Who's it now? So they load your car. They load your car into the space shuttle and blast you into space, and you land on the moon. And in the N64 version, there's a bonus level where you have a race on the moon, which is pretty fucking cool. In wow. the arcade version, this is just where the game ends. So does anybody want to venture a guess as to what happens on the moon in the uh, the arcade version of the game? Um, you go to the moon equivalent of Cape Canaveral and they put you onto a moon shuttle and that takes you to Mars. And then it just ends. See, you know, Mars is a good guess because in Cruises Exotica they went one step further and added a Mars level. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jesse, any idea what's up, uh, what's up on the moon? A lot of cheese. The moon is made of cheese. Fair guess. David, what do you think? Uh, you race around the moon and end up at the lunar lander. Ooh, see, lunar lander is a good uh, good, th good thought. They, they, that would be a great unlockable car. Like, instead of a school bus, you get to drive a lunar lander. <laughs> uh, Pass Blaster, any idea how this game ends? I really literally was going to say lunar rover, but I, I think there's, like, aliens or something on it, right? I can't remember exactly. Okay, so there there's a lunar lander involved. There are aliens involved. And I hate this, Johnny. Go ahead and hit the uh, hit the second part of that ending. Let's see what happens. The Hold on, Hillary. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. That was a hell of a little trip for y'all, but one giant cruise for mankind. Now fasten your seatbelts and remember, don't inhale. <laughs> 
That's amazing. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. Wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> the greatest editing of a video game I've ever heard. One, it doesn't sound like Bill Clinton at all. No, not even close. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Never met the man, but I don't think he's uh, like a hillbilly cowboy mashup. But yeah, so the Lunar Lander flies in, you know, being piloted by Bill Clinton. The pop top, the top of it pops off. It's a hot tub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he you know, says whatever he says, and then an alien ship shows up beams up Clinton in the hot tub and he says as he flies away down in hell <laughs> and it, I'm just like oh god like just imagine getting you know, that, I, getting the actual ending of this in an arcade and that's what you get like oh, you spend so much money to get to the end of a game I feel like it's been a good 25 years. Like, people have forgotten. Pop culture really did treat Bill Clinton as just a country bumpkin. Like, everyone kind of forgets that. Right? Uh, Yeah, I kind of did forget that. You know, the main things I remember from the Clinton presidency are saxophones and getting his dick sucked. So, you know, the, the whole don't inhale thing, I was like, oh my god, that was another Clinton thing. Like... Oh, God, what the... Yeah. It, it's just such a strange, strange thing to include in your game. Like, I don't know what the ending of Cruising World needs to be, but, like, <laughs> Bill Clinton showing up in a Lunar Lander hot tub and telling you not to inhale as he's beamed up by aliens. I'm like, was that the answer? <laughs> like, that, <laughs> I would have thought maybe just, uh, you know, your car... Landing on the moon was good enough, but no, Bill Clinton <laughs> shows up and just you know changes the whole game on you. It, it's it's a it's a flummoxing finish to a game, um, and and it also it, it, it in the video it does come with the uh, disclaimer that this is a uh, impersonation. Uh, so oh, oh, you don't good. say. Yeah, they they really oh, wanted good. to know that was not Bill Clinton recording lines for uh, for Cruising World. Yeah, yeah, no, a, a utterly baffling ending. I, I just yeah. I don't know what it is. Like, you know, Midway was Midway just like a weird like juvenile company. Like they they were yes. around for a long time. They made a lot of games. Like, did you know? Is this what happened when you beat NBA Jam? Does Bill Clinton show up and fucking you know? I mean, kind of. He's I, in it, but I don't think. Yeah, I, I mean, up. he is in it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. God, I, I wish it, it, if you beat NBA Jam and the like. The reward for winning a basketball tournament is you go to a hot tub on a lunar lander <laughs> abducted by aliens. Yep, that's uh, that checks out for the uh, you know for the midway uh, pastiche. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 very strange to me. It just you know like but again because like you, you don't need an ending for an arcade game necessarily, especially not a racing game like. Uh, you know, you've been racing. You get your uh, little license plate stamped and put up on the high scoreboard. Great. Uh, you complete the game, fantastic. Car lands on the moon. Okay, that's silly. Why is Clinton here? <laughs> I, yeah, what's uh, what's the Midway team got against uh, 1996 Clinton? I, I don't know, uh, but uh, it, it was so utterly baffling. I had to include it because you know, it's because uh, we included it last time we talked about Cruising USA, which was uh, 187 episodes ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Still baffling to me, Midway's strange uh, preoccupation with including Bill Clinton in their cruising games. Like, <laughs> made sense in USA. Why is he on the moon? I, yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, it's it. I I, I I'm for it. I like it. I, <laughs> I I'd like the whole weird like hanging out on the roof of the White House in a hot tub with Bill Clinton thing. You know. And so I, I appreciate that they took the time to add it to the Nintendo 64 version. See, now now I'm concerned, though, that... Now, yeah, obviously, I'd never be cruising Exotica, but, like, I'm worried that they, you know, probably, like, brought it back and did something really tasteless, like, you know, I don't know, bringing Monica Lewinsky into it or something. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It you know, just seems like uh, they, had a, they had a thing going with the cruising series. And maybe that's why the cruising series just kind of went away. It, uh... Yeah, it was it was a good uh, good little run while they had it, and then yeah, I don't know what happened. Like, you know, these games were kind of indelible in like mid '90s, late '90s arcades, and now they're gone. They got you know they got supplanted by the Fast and Furious racing game, uh, which you know I also fully support because um, it's literally just a cruising game, but you got Vin Diesel in it now. So it's about family. Did it exactly? End? Did the cruising series end with the Clinton administration? Well, no, because it kept going. They, the Fast and Furious came out in like probably 2003, and then uh, they actually had a re- uh, like a new arcade release in the last couple of years that nobody cared about. It was like something like Cruising Blast. They have that and in I'm our like, mall, I think, don't they? Cruising Blast? No they, way! They got <laughs> at the at the um, the governor's. No, which mall is the one? The one over off Appalachia. They have okay, a, yeah, the one that's living. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have a single monitor, like, recent, like, flat-screen Nintendo cruising game. I'm pretty sure it's the newest one. Fucking A. I didn't know that. I'm going to have to show up to the mall. Man. Yeah, I, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's it's definitely, like... It's got to be. It's If it's a new, updated cruising game, it's yeah. got to be Cruising Blast. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know why they would make that in 20... You know, I'm guessing 18. Like, you know, nobody was asking for a new entry in the cruising series for the last... 20 years or so, but false. Um, I've been writing letters nonstop for some time now. <laughs> I'm glad they finally got my letters. Oh, God. See, yeah, and just, you know, whatever. I, you know, now I'm worried that I'm going to go beat Cruise and Blast, and it's going to be some weird Trump thing where it's like Trump in a hot tub. No, it's I, think just gonna... it's, I think it's like 2010. Okay. So Obama in a hot tub. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that I'm in for. <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine like the next cruising game released within the next two or three years where you wind up with Joe Biden in a hot tub? <laughs> See, I mean, maybe is that the key? Do they only make cruising games during Democratic presidencies? Is that the <laughs> that the holdup here? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> That's why it skipped the whole Bush administration. I wasn't have aware we, that have we stumbled on upon onto some kind of deep state conspiracy theory? I think we just did. Absolutely, we have, man. The cruising Democrats world. are in control of the cruising series. Yeah, that's what it is, man. It's it's the Democrats. It's Fauci. Um, you know, the it's Rockefellers people, are in it's, on it. It's all of it. Yeah, and if you beat the super secret ending, Bill Gates is in the hot tub. He's in on it too. It's fucking wild, man. This thing goes deeper than you realize. Uh, they're gonna be injecting instead us of a, with cruising games. Instead of racing into like a lunar lander rocket, you just race up a five G tower. <laughs> oh yes, that's uh, that's the final level. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know. 
again, I mainly chose this just because I love sit-down racing games. Uh, you know, they're they're pretty much all great, and this was like, oh yeah, that's got a fine soundtrack. Because the cruising games, again with the soundtrack, it's like it's right there on the the face of the game. You got radio buttons, like you know, you get in that thing, you adjust your seat, get your radio right, and then you start cruising. It's like they did a good job of making this like an actual uh, actual car. You know, I wish my car had big glowing buttons to <laughs> change the radio stations and <laughs> insert more coins. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So, it's, Check uh, engine light. Oh, let me put a quarter in. Oh, it's yeah. off now. Hooray. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. If only cars ran like arcade games, I, I probably... <laughs> You have 90 seconds to get somewhere, and if you don't get to the right checkpoint, you got to put another quarter in. Yeah, okay, so yeah, like, my cars in my my history of, like, destroying cars, they all run like fucking Haunted Castle. <laughs> like, yeah, you got to fucking put a quarter in that bitch, or it's going to blow up <laughs> literally in the middle of the street. So, <laughs> ah, nuts. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a good idea. More, uh, more coin slots on modern cars. But anyway, yeah, uh, you know, Cruising World's a blast. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun soundtrack, fun sit-down racing game, um, bizarre '90s Clinton references. I, I you know, I I'm just utterly flummoxed. It's probably the last time we're going to bring it up on this show because you know I don't I have vague memories of Cruising Exotica. Cruising Exotica is like the kind of game that's like in your movie theater, and like you know you played it once and you maybe beat a race, and then it's like all oh, right, um, movie starting, but I you know I got another free race fuck this i'm gonna leave and like go play you know go watch the movie like you know so you know the only thing you know about cruising exotic is there's an underwater level like you know that's real exotic atlantis is a level so um cruising series has lost its way i hope it finds its way soon but anyway uh it's a great game with a great soundtrack and i love it and i love all sit down racing games and johnny i think it's time to take this game to the calculating computer calculating computer activated Computers, beeps, boops, scoring complete. This game's winner is... John Harrington. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, if we, if we had more time, we could have had some kind of runoff with like a bonus six game, maybe a fan request or something, but we really didn't discuss that prior to the show. We didn't anticipate there being a tie between me and our fantastic guest pass blasters, so uh, I'm taking the win for myself, but I, I do want to give... <laughs> I want to give partial credit to, to Pass Blaster. What a great game you played, man. Yeah, you got uh, you got three uh, three games right. So, you know, it's a partial win for you. And, uh, <laughs> Stream chat's yeah. not having it. They're upset. They're going to riot. <laughs> oh, shit. That's, uh, that's not good, man. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I there was never, some downside. I'll never come back to this. I got robbed. It is yep. rigged. And I'm, a, I'm visually, personally think, offended. <laughs> see, this kind of good though. I think Pass Blaster should choose the <laughs> That's theme. That's dude. <laughs> I mean, it's fair enough, but you know, it, it, it's true. You, you can pick the theme, or this could just be the start of our you know bizarre rivalry between our two podcasts. You well, just, I want uh, I want know. both. I want to have a rivalry. You gotta have okay. that. I, I um, like that. I do have an idea, and again, I don't know. I know you guys have done like eleven thousand episodes. But it's bizarre how many episodes we've done. I had I had an idea. And I don't doing a weekly podcast for over four fucking years. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have done it yet, but I did have a suggestion of uh, Have you guys done vertical shooters yet? 
Ooh, I don't think man. we have. Not specifically, oh, yeah. no. That's a no. really good fucking idea. We've, we've done plenty of vertical shooters. But have we done an episode all about vertical shooters? No, we have not. So yeah. That would be my guess. And uh, also make sure that it has Mushihime-sama on there. There you go. I think we, uh, <laughs> think we can oblige. Yeah. You know, fantastic. That Johnny, that's your game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Johnny loves to be fed a game for the next episode. Fantastic. Yes, please. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm only disappointed that we can't reuse Hot Dog Storm for the show. Dude, Hot Dog Storm is so good, man. Uh, We've used Hot Dog Storm! <laughs> it was one of my proudest moments, discovering and using Hot Dog Storm. Like, one of our buddies in Tampa actually has a legit uh, PCB of that game. No, oh, he has a Hot Dog Storm. It's amazing. See, and, you know, I don't want to have any reason to go to Tampa, but, like, <laughs> to actually go and play Hot Dog Storm, okay, that's that might be worth the drive. That's uh, <laughs> that's utterly bizarre. <laughs> yeah, Owl, Owl Anonymous in chat, he actually streamed it on, on his channel, playing the actual PCB. That's a cool game, man. I'm glad you guys heard of it. It's a cool-ass game, it's really and it's cool got game. a great soundtrack, and it's got a bizarre hot dog theme logo. So Absolutely. So like, uh, yeah, gotta use that. <laughs> Why is it called Hot Dog Storm? Doesn't matter. This game's dope. So, hell yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so the theme next week, vertical uh, vertical scrolling shooters. Uh, no Hot Dog Storm, sadly. But, uh, you know, plenty of other fantastic selections out there. So, excellent theme. Thank you for that selection. Sure. And uh, I just want to thank everybody uh, for joining us. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we really enjoyed uh, the live viewers tonight. What a great crowd. Uh, we're live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. Search for Game That Tone. Thanks to everybody who's listening in podcast form. Our podcasts are available at GameThatTune.com or anywhere that you get your podcasts. We uh, super appreciate you guys listening and enjoying the show. Thanks to everybody checking out Patreon.com slash GameThatTune. It's the home for awesome exclusives. We've got uh, the aforementioned GTT Gems where we listen to music from 30, 20, and 10 years ago. We've got Jesse's Covered Up series. We've got mixtapes. We've got a lot of fun. We've got our movie commentaries. Uh, you know, Join Patreon and you get to vote on our... Uh, movie selections each week for uh, for movie commentaries. So uh, a lot of fun going on over there. Patreon.com slash Game That Tune. Want to give a special shout out to our super fan tier producers Alex Messenger, Lance Revere, Damian Beckles, Bradford Stevens, Daniel Perky, XX Chrono XX, Dominic Guy, Kelly Um, Taylor Weiss, Sam L, and Tyler Tedesco. All fantastic fellas and excellent supporters of the show. We appreciate you guys. Um... Special thanks to... Oh, fuck. Actually, I'm going to edit this out. We didn't feature a request this week. Uh, <laughs> you know. Jeez, way to, way to show up on the show, Pass Blaster, and you know, eliminate the request right uh, right before we started. So, <laughs> Sorry. No, there was no there was no request this week, but you can uh, send us your requests uh, via email, gamethatune at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at gamethatune, or you can find us in our Discord server in our request channel. That's the way to go for, uh, for really getting to us. Uh, or you can find us uh, in the chat room on our 24-7 video game music live stream, twitch.tv slash GTT radio. Uh, we appreciate you guys uh, jumping in there, sending us your requests. We love getting them. Um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you can find us, I've already said, on Twitter at Game That Tune. You can find John Regan on Twitter at JP Regan JR. You can find Jesse Moore on Twitter at Sega underscore legend. You can find David Fleming on Twitter at DFD Fleming. And you can find Past Blaster and the Paducan Podcast on Twitter at 
Uh, I think it's just at Paducan. Uh, Rikus uh, handles all that stuff. He's our social media guru. We're on uh, yeah. lasertimepodcast.com or uh, paducan.com. We just updated our website. We do a new episode every two weeks. It's a, a deep dive into arcade games, kind of random stuff, old stuff. We, we actually own and run an arcade, so it's kind of a cool look at you know our experience with rescuing these things and fixing them and, and cool stuff like mm-hmm. that. Oh, cool. No, it really is a great show. I, I enjoy listening. Uh, you guys talk about a lot of stuff that is way beyond my pay grade <laughs> uh, in terms of arcade knowledge, but it's it's cool to hear because uh, you guys have featured a lot of a lot of games that I've uh, enjoyed and talk about them on a level that is you know just way beyond me. So it's it's a it's a deep dive. It's a lot of fun, and you guys are you guys are doing a great job over there at Paducan. So uh, everybody check out the Paducan podcast. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at jgangster187, but that's nothing. Uh, so, you know, I won, but I am deferring the bonus tunes to our uh, theme selector. So, uh, Pass Blaster, you got the bonus tunes taking us home tonight. So what do we got? It's another um, song from the game I brought, Magic Sword. It's not the final theme, but it's, it's one of the last boss uh, battles in the game. Fantastic, man. Uh, you know, great episode. Thank you for being here. And peace out, everybody. See you guys. Sega Sonic the Hedgehog is copyright 1993 Sega Games Company Limited. Haunted Castle is copyright 1988 Konami. Magic Sword Heroic Fantasy is copyright 1983 Capcom Company Limited. Alien vs. Predator is copyright 1994 Capcom Company Limited. Cruisin' World is copyright 1996 Midway Games. Hey, this is the wrong song. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. That is absolutely, wow. Hi. This is this oh, is that's your bonus. Version that was of- good tune though, man. I like that. Yeah. Oh, my bonus song from Arcade's Revenge. Whoopsie. Here, okay, here's the real bonus. Classic wow. Johnny. Wow. <laughs> <laughs>